When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mostly sunny and 32 for Darwin, more sunshine and 31 for tomorrow, and for Alice Springs, possible shower and 11 today, a top of just 8 tomorrow, a shower or two. And don't forget tonight on SEN, you can take your pick between the cricket and the footy. They're both streaming live on the SEN app. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Neil floats one, two-on-one situation. Well, the two parted like the seas for Danaher. They lose their feet. He keeps his and snaps through Brisbane's first. There's the siren. Reckon the celebration will be pretty good from 50. Wilmot, does it have the carry? Yes, it does. Yep. Two straight, Danaher, 45 angle, only 20 out. He makes no mistake for his second. Leicester followed up. He was on. He was the first one to start the chain. The forward handball is good to Ashcroft. Arches the back, gets around broad. Give over his shoulder to Cameron. Clear path to goal. And Charlie salutes. And this would be for a three goal to two quarter. Hopper starts it at the right goal posts and then gets it to swing a little bit. Just a little win here for the Tigers with back-to-back goals. Brisbane go through Danaher who marks it 70 out from goal and will go. Oh, backpedal as Bolter overcommitted. He can canter to 45 and fire. Danaher for his fifth. He's got a fistful, Joe. He'll kick from just on the arc of 50. It'll take every bit and he's got all of it. It's a big night for Brisbane. And Danaher as a siren sounds. All done by the shouting and the final score as he'll go back and have a shot. But Brisbane bring Richmond crashing back down to earth. Their 11th win of the year has maybe been their most devastating. They are as deadly as any. SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Well, I would have liked to have avoided this one as long as possible. Uh, Raf as a Tiger, tragic, but... Brisbane 2014, 134 defeated Richmond 7-11-53. Pretty terrible performance uh, by the Tigers last night. Maybe due for one with a change of coach uh, and a few other things that didn't go their way last night with Dusty Martin, a late withdrawal, Dion Prestia out of the team. But they were outplayed in virtually every area of the ground. I thought the Lions were very impressive for the whole game. Josh Dunkley started really well, uh, was subbed out at three-quarter time, which is somewhat of a concern, but he sounded pretty positive after the game that he would be fine. McCluggage and Neil were excellent through the midfield. Young guns Will Ashcroft and Darcy Wilmot also starred. Joe Danaher, as we just heard on the call, booted five goals. Not a great game by the Tigers, uh, and the Lions, on the contrary, were quite impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Brisbane, the team they've been for the last few years up home, they're, they're always hard to beat no matter who you are, and um, I think they've finally got that back in them, like a couple of teams have gone up there mm. and beaten them this year. And Yeah, Richmond, with that 
um, the way that whether the the novelty of having a new coach in McWalter as a new leader and that fresh you know lease of life um, and that excitement to to perform whether that's worn off a bit um, after the three four weeks now and mm. you know, obviously coming off a bio like we mentioned at the start of the show is uh, always hard to well it looks like it's a it's a factor it's a curse um, it's a curse yeah and, <laughs> and like I said buddy uh, Luke Hodge mentioned it last night that the teams the winning ratio mm. of a bye is uh, far greater than uh, than a win so. Um, but yeah, mm. I I was flicking between the the Brisbane Lions game and the the Cronulla Sharks game because they were both um, another one both, both holdings. Yeah. yeah, so what was that one? Fifty two sixteen, I think. Yeah, that was. Was, I think it's the highest score the Sharks have ever scored. Cronulla in, in, over in St a, George a, in a long time, and that's a, mm. that's a, um, a small town rivalry as well. So yeah, hundred um, percent. It was it was inter- interesting night of footy. It's never both um, both NRL and an AFL game have a fr- uh, Friday night belting. So nah. Yeah, it was it was hard to pick which one was more exciting to watch. But being a football player, I, I, I obviously watch more of the the Lions and you know. <laughs> Yeah, the Lions look like they might be back in that contention for that top four. This is what both, well, this is what Brisbane coach Chris Fagan had to say on the performance, and then Andrew McQualter on the performance of the Tigers. We were good all game, and we we're good in all the facets. You know, our, our contest numbers are incredibly good, um, but the most pleasing part about it was our team defence. I just thought we were we were stingy, you know, they didn't get a lot of inside 50s, we um, cut off a lot of their plays, got a little bit of flow occasionally, but Richmond usually get a lot more than that, and that was our biggest focus coming into the game, was to try and stop that that run forward handball chain game that they play when they when they play their very best footy, so um, we're able to achieve that, which was which was good, and I thought our ball use tonight was was very good, I think we took a lot of 21 marks inside 50, which is a, which is a great result. I don't think there's any anything that really went in our favour tonight. They were did it far too good for us. Um, a really underwhelming performance of us. So pretty simple responses, really. Obviously, Fagan very happy with his troops and McQualter disappointed with the way the Tigers performed. Did you see Cam Rayner's mark or non-mark? I would have paid that. I don't know. Yeah, you... I, I see your notes, mate. I, I think I missed that one. I might oh, have been in the. You would have found a replay. I've been. Would have been in the middle of the uh, oh, flick of the channel. That's all right. We'll move on. <laughs> Lockie Neal. Well, of course, yeah. The uh, we do have the text line, so I've got to find that. Oh four two six three oh seven two six nine. If you saw Cam Rayner's mark last night, we want to know whether you thought it was a mark or non-mark. I'm in. I'm in the camp that it was a mark. I would have paid it, but I'm a little bit like, like I like the theatre of AFL more than the legitimacy. So I'm. I'm all. I'm in the camp that Gary Ablett's spectacular mark of the century was a mark, which puts me in the big minority there. So, fair enough if people disagree, but send us a text. I, I think I did see his uh, effort there when he backed it up with a couple of run handballs received, got it back, um, mm. broke a couple of tackles, kicked it, and then fit, went and got it again and almost kicked a goal. That would have been <laughs> up there with a the goal of the year if he kicked that. Exactly <laughs> so, right. Cam Rayner did put a few highlights on last night. 100%. So make sure you text in 0426 307 269. Lockie Neal was another one that was very good. I spoke about him and McCluggage earlier. I'm thinking that he could be a Brownlow smoke. He's already won the coveted award. Um, I read something during the week about him having a 1,000 touches every day. So little short kicks and handballs, and they have those little rebound nets, I'm assuming, at the, at the club, and those ground balls that he's so good at. I'd have to say that he's the best in the AFL at that ground ball situation. He's just such a clean footballer. Um, you would have to rate Lockie Neal as a footballer. Do you think that he's any chance to win a Brownlow? Um, and and it's, I suppose it showed what doing those extras can can help as a footballer. 
Yeah, especially, you know, that's and that's the big number one key is making sure you're clean because you never know when you're going to get an op other opportunity when you're playing AFL level to get a, get a touch. So mm. You don't want to waste it. So, um, you know, that, that makes sense and probably why he's so clean. Um, and that's, you know, with every player, the amount of extras they put in and, and, and just getting your touch right is, is, is crucial. But, yeah, it's one of those ones when you're, um, the one previously you've seen that, like players they mm. just continue to you yeah. know, get votes and the umpires just know you know that it's almost like oh well camera um, what's his um, Lockie, Lockie Neal, Neal deserves yeah. another vote you know like and I think past performances um, makes it easier for you to get votes as well um, mm. so yeah it would, would, wouldn't be funny like I reckon the, the guru would chuck up like a, a sneaky 50 on him for a smoky <laughs> yeah well he's turning from like a like a very good player at champion to almost like a Brisbane Lions you know legend like yeah. he's, if you get two Brownlows obviously a premiership um, which, which could happen this year but a premiership is probably the missing piece for Lockie Neal um, and I still think to talk when we talk premierships in Brisbane we need to see a big win against another big club or at least um, you know a big win in Melbourne they could win by 200 points up at the Gabba and, and they actually might do that next week against West Coast yeah. but I don't think they can be genuinely considered a premiership chance until they get that big win against a Collingwood or a Port Adelaide or yeah. even just a solid team like even beating someone like Essendon at the MCG or something like that would, would get the monkey off the back a little bit um, the Lions have struggled under the big pressure situations at times over the past couple of years they do also have an interesting selection conundrum with the Daniel Rich and Jack Gunston stuff where there was a bit of sort of confusion whether they dropped themselves or whether coach Chris Fagan um, gave them a little tap on the shoulder and said you need a three-week running block or whatever it was. I'm led to believe that it was the latter. I don't think a player at that level, especially in your twilight years, would go and have, have the courage to just drop themselves, you know, and you'd like to think they would work back. And uh, Chris Fagan sort of clarified that a little bit. So it's an interesting one. Um, I believe we have some quotes on Chris Fagan about Gunston and Rich. So we'll throw to those. I don't really know whether that's caused it. Maybe, maybe opening up the team for others to have an opportunity has been motivational, and you know maybe it's put everyone on edge a little bit. Uh, you know, two really, really good players um, that have had great AFL careers, not currently in the team. Um, it's it's hard to know, but I don't I don't feel like that sparked this. I think we've just been building our form, to be honest. So Fagan hasn't attributed the dropping of Rich and Gunston for Brisbane's good form, but it would be hard not to notice as a young player coming through or as a fringe player, like if you're a Jasper Fletcher type, thinking, hey, geez, Daniel Rich is not playing here and putting his hand up for selection. So even though it might not have been a deliberate tactic from Fagan, that must create some healthy selection pressure. Yeah, definitely. But he didn't really answer the question, did he? Yeah, like, no. <laughs> it was a funny one. He sort of just went around in a circle, but... Yeah, like you're saying, you don't find too many um, senior players who are happy to put their hand up. But um, if they did, like, my hat off to them. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that's amazing for that to happen. Um, you know, and, and for them to go and get a big win and a couple of younger guys are back in. Even Archie was back in last yep. night to see him kick a couple of goals, you know. Um, yeah, that, that opens up the door for those guys who have been on the fringe. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe that, that new lease of life does bring that, you know, inspiration. It probably gives the other players a warning as well. So if you're if you're not mm. ready, you've got Daniel Rich and Jack Gunson sitting on sidelines waiting. So if you're not going to perform or you you, yeah. you you know not going to put in the effort, we've got bloody guns sitting on the bench. Jared Lyons is a good midfielder who's yeah, playing in the VFL, and there's a handful of others. So yeah, yeah. So it probably gives the whole team a wake up call. It, it probably 
you know, it, it looks like it's going to work. Mm. And that's what you need, really. Like, if you look at Richmond in those premiership years, even though there were a couple of role players in that team, you still had one of those years, Brandon Ellis struggling to get in and Dan Butler and players like that on the out there. So, and they're all obviously very credentialed players that went to other clubs on big offers. So to win a flag at AFL level or any level, really, you do need that selection pressure yeah. coming from behind. If you're an old um, St Kilda supporter, I, think, I don't know if you remember back in 2008, Eight or two thousand nine, I think Rossi Lyon when he dropped uh, Milne um, and Del Santo, I think, mm. um, and, and maybe another senior player. They had to go back and play reserves just because they weren't, you know, performing, and, and it woke the whole group up. And I don't, I don't think we lost a game after that. So it, you know, can have it. Um, it's um, affects both ways, I guess. So. Mm. Hey, we do have a text. We have a text. So 0426-307-269 is the text line. Is McQualter only putting the Tigers rebuild at a standstill, putting Cochin back into the midfield? So is putting Cochin back into the midfield uh, hindering their chances at a rebuild or at least slowing it down a little bit? What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad question. Um, Good question. I, I, it's, it's an interesting one because Cochin was coming off the bench, wasn't he, and, and sort of playing like a, a, a hit, hit and go. Playing up like forward a, a lot more. Uh, yeah. Half forward, hmm. have a hit in the middle, and but yeah, maybe I don't know. They just didn't have anyone else to jump in the midfield last night. At, but that's a good, very good question. What yeah, do you, what do you, oh. you're the you're the Richmond man. <laughs> I don't think we have a lot of young midfielders coming through at the yeah. moment. I'd like to see Tyler Sonsi get as many games as possible. I'd like to see Sam Banks and Tom Brown, who were both fairly early picks, get opportunities. But they're more wingmen and, and halfbacks. Um, obviously, you can experiment more and say give more midfield time to Shea Bolton or experiment with different structures, Hopper, Taranto. Um, but it's a tricky one. I think it's a valid question. I think it's a fair point. Um, but I like to see Trent Cotchen playing his best football in what could be his last sort of six or seven games of his career. Um, I, I do agree with the whole development thing. I think that we're out of the window now. Um, whether, you know, whether it's a sort of a send-off, giving him you know, the yeah. last six or seven games on the, on the ball? I, I, think, I, I do think so, but I do still stand by my first point about yeah. the lack of people coming in from behind him. Yeah, I don't true. think that there's many players at Richmond that are like, well, gee, he should be playing in the midfield if only it wasn't Cotchen, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and perhaps, um, perhaps the person who sent the text in, and, and that's a reminder for anyone sending in a text, please make sure you let us know uh, your name and where you're from we'll so we can mention, yeah. yeah, so we can talk to you and, and address yeah, your question uh, properly. But then again, you look at Cotchin's game, you know, he's a milestone game a couple of weeks ago. He, yeah, he was, was really good, wasn't 35 he? 35 touches and kicked a couple of goals, so yeah. you know, maybe they thought he was going to perform that again. So Yeah, so in, in, in closing to that question, I do think that um, it's definitely the theory behind developing young midfielders is what the Tigers need to do and really quick smart. Um, but I reckon that Cotchin is... Like, Richmond are in that weird spot too where it doesn't matter how low we finish this year on the draft. It's not really a rebuild year just yet because we don't have a draft pick and we're still playing. You know, our list demographic's not quite there yet. We're not blooding youngsters like you see some other clubs doing. Um, so Richmond, I believe, are still in that sort of philosophy that they're here in the end. Ready like, to go yeah, finals. ready to go. And same with, I think Dimmer stood down because he thought there's a slight chance, even if it's only 5%, that Richmond could salvage their 2023 season and perhaps make the finals and achieve some success. Now we're probably readjusting that. You know, it's still not completely dead in the, um, in the water just yet this season. But to say that it's full 
full rebuild mode might not quite be accurate just yet. So you're right. I think um, to the person who sent the text, I think if you know Richmond end up losing two or three in a row or, or finals becomes zero chance as opposed to 10% chance, um, that's when I'd like to see a little bit more exper experimentation yeah. uh, going around. And it doesn't stop just in the midfield. I'd, I'd give some of those key forwards like Bauer and Bradkey a little go, see if, see if they can make it. Um, Biggie Newen in the, in the back line, give him a bit of an extended run over, say, Tyler Young. Um, just experiment a little bit. Yeah, and you get D Dusty Martin and Dion Prestia next week, hopefully, as well. So Cotchen might have to go back to the forward line. They will lose Jaden Short, though. Okay. Likely. <laughs> so, sore hamstring. No, exactly right. You will. You we'll are correct. Mar we might get Morris back, hopefully. Cotchen probably will go back um, to the forward line, but Short's a, Short's a big loss. Uh, last one before we move on. Daniel Rich and Jack Gunston. So, that's what we were talking about before, and we heard quotes from Chris Fagan. Yes or no, do you think they both come back in? It's a, it's a hard one. Um, yeah, Daniel Rich, you know, playing as a running half backer with that leg, the, the, the kicking he's oh, yeah. ability he has. But, but then again, leg, it, yeah. the, the small forward he has to play on going the opposite way, like it's, you know, you can catch him out. But um, it's an interesting one, whether you have to play him like, oh, I'd almost bring him in like the, um, when they played Stewie Jew in the, in the finals there, Hawthorne, and oh, bring yeah. him in and, you know, just bring him off the bench of a, of a half forward because he can kick a goal from See anywhere. See if he can change a yeah, game. Get a, get a couple of kicks from that 70 metres plus mm. and he can put it on, on top of your goal square and, and you know, it, even kick him himself. So with that powerful left foot and, it, and it, he, he's got that Stewie Jew build about him too. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing I'll mention <laughs> A little that. bit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Jack Gunston's an interesting one. They've, it's almost like they've got too many tall forwards mm. and targets. So... I think I think with him in there, you almost got four tours. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of teams in the AFL at the moment that can't quite work out how they want to structure up yeah. their forward line, or they're not maximising at least how well they're going. I look at Carlton, I look at Western Bulldogs, um, even Melbourne have their concerns or big concerns really with the way their forward line's functioning. So. It's interesting, hey, yes. um, the way you structure up a forward line at AFL level. We do need to go to a break, Raph. Plenty more to talk about, uh, not just AFL, all the other sports as well. Really interested in talking to Lindsay Whiting, the president of Tiwi Bombers, later to talk about where he sees the future of the club um, and the appointment of Patrick Bowden. Gavin Dovey to talk about all things NT cricket. I'm looking forward to that one as well. So stay with us here on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, this is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter.